nobody's made or not made the team in two practices. You know, that's going to work itself out. And the only way to do that is, you know, in the games. Can you smell it in the air? It's faint but undeniable. With the start of the Carolina Hurricanes training camp, hockey is finally back in Raleigh. This episode is going to be, well, a lot. So there's going to be a ton of sound bites from different players, quotes from different players, and just generally a ton of information that has come out in the first two days of training camp and the prospect showcase regarding Jake Garner, Ethan Bear, who's going to be that Thora D pairing, where is Kakanyemi going to end up in the lineup? Most, but not every, answer will be in this episode. So, you know, as always, please share it with your friends. Follow us on Facebook. Check out our merchandise. There was a ton of links below. The merchandise would really help me pay my bills, but not my point. Uh, let's get into the show. 9,393 days of frustration. And on the 9394th day of NHL existence, the Carolina Hurricanes have won the Stanley Cup. Welcome to Home Ice Advantage. With historical perspectives, modern-day deep dives, special guests, and a healthy mix of good, bad, and or hot takes, this is the best place for you to learn about your Carolina home games. I just want to say thank you, and I'm looking forward to this challenge. It's an honor, and I think we're going to do great things. To start off the top of the show today, I want to talk about everyone's favorite regional sports network that we love to hate, or that we just hate. The heart of your teams, the heart of the Carolinas, Valley Sports South, and Valley Sports Southeast, the heart of the fan. So, back in 2019, the Walt Disney Company purchases 20th Century Fox, and as part of that deal... The FCC says that they have to sell off Fox regional sports networks, including Fox Sports Carolina. I promise you this will relate to the Hurricanes, just give me time. Eventually a deal would be made with Sinclair Broadcasting Group, based out of Baltimore, for $10 billion for all of the regional sports networks. They would cover 14 MLB teams, 16 NBA games, and 12 NHL teams, from coast to coast, including the Carolina Hurricanes, the Detroit Red Rings, the Anaheim Ducks, the Tampa Bay Lightning. Like, they had quite a few properties here. And from the beginning, it looked like Sinclair's plan was to create a direct-to-consumer product for these sports teams. That fact became more apparent when the NHL re-upped its agreement in 2021, actually December of 2021, giving... Bailey Sports exclusive rights again. And as part of that deal, Chris Ripley, who is the president and chief executive of Sinclair Broadcasting, had this to say. Our announcement today signifies the importance that both parties place on the ability for sports viewers to consume content whenever and however they choose. The advert of a direct-to-consumer model will further enhance the flexibility of users as well as offer them a highly personalized and engaging experience with functionality and interactivity well beyond what is offered today. The plan was simple, and part of it has actually already been executed. Originally planned to be $23 a month, 
Sinclair Broadcasting would launch a streaming service for its regional sports stations. The only problem was not everyone was on board, including the commissioner of the MLB, who openly said that Sinclair did not have enough properties to make this, you know, operational, and it wouldn't be worth the MLB's time. Nor would they undervalue the streaming rights and or gambling rights for their teams just to help out Sinclair. But nonetheless, Sinclair persisted, and they announced earlier this year Bally Sports Plus, which is literally ESPN Plus, but worse and more expensive. So you're still locked into your region packages. So if you don't live in the broadcast area of Bailey Sports South, Bally Sports South, I don't care, stupid name, you wouldn't get access to your team. So if you live in Arizona, but you want to watch Hurricanes games, you might as well get ESPN Plus. And the price point is insanely different. Bally Sports South, $19.99 or $190 a year. Or you could just go get the Disney bundle of Hulu, ESPN Plus, and Disney Plus, which is less than $20 a month. It was an insanely stupid deal that every fan said they were not going to do when it launched. There was also the, I don't know, snafu of Sinclair not having agreements with a lot of major television, like uh, satellite companies. I don't know what they would be called now. Service providers? Service providers. So basically, if you didn't have Spectrum or DirecTV, you're screwed and you couldn't watch games. It wasn't on Hulu Live TV anymore. It wasn't on YouTube TV anymore. They were limiting consumers' options, which makes the entire thing about the flexibility of the consumer for their streaming service hilarious. But none of this is the point. The point of why I'm bringing it up today is because this has failed miserably. The original agreement to buy the stations was $10 billion. It has been widely reported at this point that Sinclair Broadcasting will most likely be filing for bankruptcy because of this massively misplayed move. And the hope is that they can spin off Bally Sports and try to get some type of return for it. Some reports show it as as little as $3 billion. Yeah, $3 billion. For those of us who aren't great at mental math, that's a loss of $7 billion in a little less than three years. There are even reports coming out now that the three major league organizations, like the institutions of of Major League Baseball, the National Hockey League, and the National Basketball Association, will have to step in themselves to try to save this, which is absurd in so many different ways. So the real point of this is to teach you why this matters, which is that people will most likely lose their jobs. Trip Tracy, Mike Maniscalco, Shane Willis, and even Hannah Yates will be safe, but producers, behind-the-scene people, will lose their jobs if Sinclair goes bankrupt and no one comes in as a white knight. So don't dunk on Sinclair a lot. I think light dunking is appropriate here because they have just been that bad for this long, but just remember the human element of this. Next, we're going to go straight into training camp and news of the week. If I'm going to be honest with you, the only reason I'm doing a extra Saturday episode this week is because I didn't want to have to do a preseason game show plus a training camp show. I realize they're practically the same things, but that's not the point. I want to be able to like do a an entire show based around the first preseason game in Tampa. So we are going to focus on everything that's happened in training camp so far. Some news that's come out, apparently 
a player who may or may not be on the trading block. We've got a lot to cover. But we're going to start with Jake Gardner. So I had touched on it in the last episode that he would most likely not be at training camp. And now training camp has started and we can confirm that he's not here. And it looks like, unfortunately, this could be it for Gardner. Well, I just from my standpoint, I, he, he had a setback and is you know he's not healthy enough to to do it. And you know, unfortunately, he's had a lot of surgeries, and you know we know he's been nicked up, so um, but uh, he wasn't able to you know get healthy. So that removes one blue liner from the equation, but it doesn't solve the situation. In fact, we actually have another blue liner to add to the situation. Not only is Calvin DeHaan trying to earn his NHL contract, but so is Gregory Dronoff. Hopefully I'm pronouncing that right. I'm probably not. He spent last season in the KHL and is now again trying to earn his place on a Carolina roster. Although, unlike DeHaan, he did not play with the NHL group today. Rod Brindamore likes to break it up into an NHL group and then an AHL slash prospects group. And Donoff skated with the latter. The other kind of update, but not really because it's just rumors for this situation, is that Ethan Bear is on the trading block. His new contract that he signed this year with the organization of 2.2 appears to be on the move. Um, There's been a lot of reports about it. Honestly, it looks like he is on the trading block. Whether he moves or not is still up in the air. Where he goes is still up in the air. Elliot Friedman of 31 Thoughts, or 32 Thoughts, wow, anyways, 32 Thoughts fame, had this to say on Donnie and Dolly, which is a hockey show above the 49th parallel, which means Canada. Uh, Any update on Bear, uh, where he could end up? Well, I do think the Canucks are interested in Bear. I think Bear is a guy who can probably help them more right away, but it's a from what I've heard, Bear is a tougher deal to make uh, in terms of their fit with Carolina and the cap implications than the Lundquist one is. And we'll see if that turns out to be true or not. Like Basically, what I heard with Bear is they're definitely interested, but I'm not sure that there's a deal to be made there. So make of this as you will. In my head, there's no way Elliot Friedman's going on a nationally televised show to talk about a trade if Ethan Bear wasn't on the trading block. Ethan has also been linked to the Ottawa Senators and Chicago Blackhawks, but I guess we'll have to wait and see. And before I dive into this next part, I want to point out that training camp just started. When I'm recording this, training camp only opened like eight hours ago. So these lines I'm about to go over and talk about mean almost nothing, but it's interesting to see what Rod is working on. So with the D group, the top two lines are known and very easy, and I've seen some reporting that they might break up, but they're probably not going to, but they might, so keep your eyes open, which I feel like is just going to be said every offseason. So the top pair, Slavin and Bournes. The second pair, Brady Shea, Brett Pesci. Done. The third pair, Chatfield, Coglin, And the fourth pair, Bear and DeHaan. Now, if you want to galaxy brain it, which we're going to do here really quick. If Bear was on the way out, that means the third pair is Chatfield, Coglin, and DeHaan would be the extra blue liner. Now, would I go and place a bet on the fact that those would be the pairings when opening night comes along in just over 19 days? No, I, I would not. 
but it does provide insight into the thinking of the coaching staff and management. So again, take it as you will. We also have a lot of great quotes from players because it's the first time media has gotten to talk to people in, I don't know, a while now. So the first one we're going to go with is a quote from Jacob Slavin about his first impressions of Brett Bournes. It's been great. The guy works his absolute tail off day in and day out. There's a reason why he's 36, 37 years old and can still play 26 minutes a night. It's because of his work ethic off the ice. You see his compete level and just the care and way he takes care of his body and the way he cares about the people around him. It's been really exciting. And then we got to hear from Rod Brindamore, who was asked how he felt about Brett Barnes, especially at his age. You know, we we love him. I mean, I, I from day one, I mean, um, he just knew he's a special person. I'm real committed to you know the cause of whatever whatever we want him to do. Obviously, the talent part is easy to see, and we know his resume and everything. But the, the commitment to the game, um, you know, I think he's just you know, age is age is what it is. But it's different when you take care of yourself and you you know commit to the game. I don't I don't. We shouldn't be at, uh, having those, you know, he's, his age shouldn't even be coming up because I think he's like a 20-year-old out there, he, and he's in better shape than pretty much everybody. So Then Rod was asked if Brett Bournes could keep up with Brindamore in the gym. Well, I, don't, I can't keep up with him anymore, so um, <laughs> kind of pretend to, but not really. So. I think Billy used the term monster the other day. Him. Is that fair? Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, again, he's just, a, I think he's the perfect fit. You know, I hate that we had to wait till he's been in the league for how many, 20 years to get him, but, you know, better late than never. What about the I don't know why, but <laughs> I love that one a lot. This final clip for the defensive group is actually going to be Brett Bournes himself, and it's a clip from WREL, and the question was, how do you feel in your new environment? How are you getting used to your surroundings? And this is what Brett had to say. You know, I laugh about some of the things that we do here um, that I know I would have I would have been a little bit uh, grumpy about doing. I would have I would have been pretty outspoken about not doing them. So coming to a new place, you got to do it. You got to. It's it's been fun. I think it's been good for me to kind of leave all that stuff at the door and um, you know just come in as. Uh, I feel like a rookie. I mean, I really do. All the, the drills of practice are different, different lingo, uh, different guys, different city. I'm, I'm getting better around town because of the kids' sports. I've been here for a couple of weeks, but um, yeah, all that stuff. I think it, it really, it's created a lot of nerves and a little bit of fear, um, but a lot of energy too. I think I'm really looking forward to it. Going from there, we are actually going to transition to the forward group, and I want to start off by talking about the different groupings again. So there's C1 and C2, and I want to talk about the surprises or lack thereof of a certain few players. So C1, once again, was the NHL group. Everyone who was in C1 has some type of NHL experience, but it was noticeable that Jack Drury and Stefan Nosen I always say his name wrong. I hope it's that. It's probably not, though. Uh, or both in C1. And honestly, it's not all that surprising. This makes a lot of sense. Both of them have proven that it's not that they're better than the AHL, but they don't really have anything less 
left to prove there. And then going over to group C2, which is the minor league slash prospect group, you have Jamison Reese and Ryan Dezingle. So it's interesting to me, at least to point this out, because it looks like Stefan and Jack were both given getting an opportunity to force Rod Brindamore's hand in the very same way that South Jarvis did last year. Except in their case, they would have an easier path forward because Seth Jarvis was in the prospect group last year. And then Ryan Dezingle being in the prospect group is interesting. And I, I mean, I don't have to tell anyone that he hasn't had the best time since leaving Carolina. We'll actually dig into that a little bit more later with a soundbite from Ryan because he's not here for the reason you think. But also, yes, he is. And then with Jamison Reese, I 100% understand why he's not with the, um, I don't want to say big boys, but the NHL group. But I'm not going to lie and say that I'm not a little disappointed. Like, this this is just me speaking here, but I really like Jamison Reese. I think he fits our system really well. I think he plays our form of hockey very well. And if I had to put money on it, he's, well, he's going to get some amount of time in the league this year because injuries. It's just going to happen. Eventually, we'll deal with an injury bug. Jameson Reese will be called up. But I would say he would be a regular on the roster within the next two years. I'd put money on it. I don't know how much money, but I'd put money on it. I understand you're not here for me to talk about Jameson Reese the whole episode, but I could. I very well could. But let's get into the sound bites from group, well, from the forward group. We'll be starting with Kak and Yemi. And the first question you're going to hear is... Why is this year different? And then the second question is going to be more of a joke. I'm going to be 100% honest with you. And you'll get to hear the question just barely. But I want you to listen very carefully. Because it's as he was walking away that he had this question. And he gave his answer. I think now I know how everything works. So it's, uh, you know, same system. Same guys, same coaches. So uh, I think this year will be better. You know, we got high expe- expe- expectation for, uh, for the whole team. So uh, hopefully we can reach, reach those. I think his answer there really goes with why I think he's going to have a breakout season. Last year, he was getting used to our system. He had His last system was flawed in the nicest way. Uh, and you can't expect someone who's going to have that drastic change in their setting and how they're expected to play the game to put up career numbers. I mean, he was close, too. But you can't expect that. He was also a fourth-line center. And no offense to our fourth-line players. They're amazing. But you're not going to get 100 points on that line. Could you get, you know, 60 points playing a line with Sveshnikov and Stastny? Yeah. And I, I really, really think he will this year. Mark my words. He will get over 55 points Long-time listeners of the show know that that was my dark horse bet for last year. So, re-up it for this one, I guess. And then the shaving the head thing is just funny, because Natchez and Jarvis did it. It seemed like something funny. A reporter threw in at the end, and I thought I would share. This next clip is going to be Rod Renamore talking about Kakanyemi. Importantly here, I'm going to share the question, which was from... I believe Chip Alexander of the News and Observer, and then Rod's full answer, because I believe it provides a lot of context for why Vincent Chocek is no longer here and why Kakanyemi is in his current role. 
I don't believe any of this information is new, but I think a lot of people need to hear it because they seem to forget that there was a plan. What do you perceive KK's role being this? Can, can he take over for Churchill? Yeah, well, that's the hope. You know, that's why he got brought in. Um, you know, you always, I think management had, a, you know, an idea that we might, this might be exactly what happened. You know, Trocher's going to move on. And so, you know, had a, a good good backup plan. And, uh, you know, he's a young kid with a lot of talent. And we talked about this a lot. But I think it's time now, okay, he's got to start emerging. And I think i got to give him the opportunity, but he's got to go ahead and earn it. So I think there's a good uh, understanding there. And, you know, we'll see where it goes. What does he need to work on in your mind? Well, he's still just a, I mean, he's still, for me, just a young, young player. So you would ask me about any of the young players, I'd say the same thing, right? You got to get, your body's got to get, you know, stronger. So you got to put the work in there. And then, um, you know, it's amazing how once you do that, the game starts to come a little easier. So definitely has the mind for it. And, you know, he just needs to get better like all the young guys. I think this is really important because a lot of people want to play revisionist history, which happens a lot with sports fans. But there is a not negligible amount of fans that are like, well, this is an utter disaster. How is Cock and Yemi or second line center? How could this have happened? Who made this mistake? Why didn't we keep Vincent Trocek? How could they fail at this? They didn't fail. You can disagree with their decision-making and say that you would rather have Trocek over Kak and Yimmy, which modern-day player versus modern-day player, I wouldn't disagree with. But why are so many people pretending like Don Riddell did this accidentally? Don Riddell had no idea that they weren't going to be able to keep Vincent Trocek and Kak and Yimmy wasn't supposed to have this responsibility. We talked about it, openly talked about this from the time the offer sheet was submitted and all through last season. Honestly, it felt a little disrespectful to Vinny, but we talked about it. So why do people seem so surprised now? It, it's bothersome. This seems like one of these moments with sports fans where you get overattached to a player, and no matter what happens, you're just going to say it's a terrible thing. And whatever, that is your right. But please don't act like there wasn't a plan. Don Riddell gets paid a lot more money than any of us to do this. I highly doubt he is playing EA all day and then, you know, messes around with the franchise mode and that's how he makes his decisions. Like, this is... It's stupid. It's just stupid. Okay, I I admit I might have gotten a little bit too worked up on that one. But from here, I actually want to talk about Ryan Dezingle. For those of you who don't remember, Ryan Dezingle himself is a former Carolina Hurricane. Originally signed at a free agency in 2019, he played 75 games for us over two seasons before we traded him to Ottawa in 2022, um, sorry, 2021 for Cedric Paquette. And since then, things haven't been spectacular for Ryan Dezingle. Um, so since he's left the team, he's only played 61 NHL games. And I'm actually going to play... A quote from Rod Brindamore here, because I think, I think it really sheds light on what's happening here. The reporter who's about to ask the question you're going to hear is Corey LaViolette, did not say that right, of the North State Journal. And all I can think about right now is I really hope I'm getting these names right. I'm pretty sure I am. I'm 99% sure, but that 1% chance that I'm wrong and then one of them listens to the show, uh, that's what fuels my nightmares. But let's listen to the clip. Dezingle and Zahan had maybe exits here that they didn't love, and then Step, I think at the end of last year, 
you know, wanted to get in, you know, got a little bit of a chance. But do you have to rebuild any any bridges with those guys or anything like that to get those guys back in the fold? No, they wanted to come back. I mean, they were calling us to get back in here, and you know, that's that's you know, it's it's a big boy league. We understand how it works. So if there was a bridge to be built, I don't think they'd be trying to get back here. Longtime listeners of the show will know that I believe that the Carolina Hurricanes now have a reputation as a career rehabilitation team. You can come here, you put in the work, and all of a sudden your career is back on track. Think Dougie Hamilton, who used us to get the bag, or Tony D'Angelo, who didn't use us to get the bag, but had to prove that he's able to play at a professional level again without making mistakes. And I think that's what Ryan Dezingle is doing here. Ryan Dezingle is trying to get back in the league. And after two seasons of just setbacks, where else is he going to do it? Except his former team, the team now known to be in the game of rehabilitation, the Carolina Hurricanes. Obviously, the last two, three years haven't gone the way I wanted to. I mean, you can't stay healthy on the ice. So I think I've played 20 games the last two years, and so uh, not many opportunities that a county GM would, you know, I don't think as a GM you want to take a guy who's been injured so much. So talk to Bill and Roddy and Willie, he's a good friend of mine, and uh, just contemplating, you know, next steps. And they said, why don't you come here and fight for a job? And, and uh, so it was a blessing and, you know, letting those guys uh, give me another chance to try to fight for a job because obviously uh, I haven't earned one in the last couple of years with not being out there stuff. So. Uh, just a good opportunity for me to try to go steal a job, and, and then if not, Chicago's uh, my hometown, so I can work on my craft and, and get back on the ice and play in the NHL. So I think I'm only 30 years old. But I had a lot of uh, a lot of good games left in me. I had a couple of surgeries and feel healthy for the first time in a long time. So uh, nobody owes me anything. Obviously, I haven't put a good showing on the ice in the last two, three years. So just a fresh start with good people, and uh, that's all it is, pretty much. First, I apologize for that audio quality. Uh, my audio quality in general isn't the best, but I try my best to control it. And when I get, this is literally released by the PR department, there's absolutely nothing I can do. So sorry for all the tape sounds. It sounds like they were literally tearing it next to the mic, but whatever. He literally disagreed with everything I said, which is amazing. Gotta love Ryan Dezingle, making me look good. And... Honestly, you know, more power to him. He has been unhealthy. He, It seems like every time he would get back in the game, something would happen and he'd be out. So, fingers crossed here, he can go down to Chicago, which is already a championship roster, and rehabilitate himself. Get back into the swing of things and hopefully make it back up to the league. I did find it interesting that he said he, was, he had talked to Willie. So, Justin Williams, who is... I believe his his exact title is like special advisor to the general manager or something like that. So it's good to see that Willie's still around working and getting us uh, NHLers who are looking for a career rehabilitation. Speaking of management, I'm going to close out this episode by addressing two criticisms of, well, management so far in Don Riddell's tenure. The first one is less prevalent, but still comes out. And it's that the Carolina Hurricanes don't trade well. Well, it's not that we don't trade well. It's that we are unwilling to give up 
assets to get good assets in return. So Adam Gold spoke on this, uh, I don't know, it was like two months ago on Kane's Corner podcast, and he used several examples. Uh, one being Hayden Flory for Yanni Hockenpah. Realistically, nothing really changed. We can do it again with Ryan Dezingle and Cedric Paquette. Nothing really changed. But actually, here here's a clip from Kane's Corner Podcast, or the Kane's Corner Podcast. You have to be willing to pay the price to win. There is a, a saying in hockey, take a hit to make a play. I'm not sure the Hurricanes are willing to take a hit to make a play. I'm not sure the front office is willing to do that. And whether it's because they're unsure of what they're going after, or they simply think that they're smarter than everybody else, I don't know. One of those two things is true. A quick note from this is that this episode of Kane's Corner Podcast was actually released before we found out about Max Pacioretty's Achilles, which probably made Adam Gold's opinion look really good. But not my point. I'm not even going to say he's wrong, actually. Because Adam Gold is right. And also, to be clear, this isn't an Adam Gold exclusive. Like, I, Adam Gold has a good podcast. You should go listen to it. You might not always agree with him, but it's a good podcast. But this isn't an Adam Gold exclusive. There are, are many people who complain that Don Riddell is unwilling to give up major assets to get major assets in return. Or let's not even say major, but valuable assets to get valuable assets in return and take that gamble on making your team better. And if I'm going to be 100% honest on it, I don't care. Like, it's a good thing. Yes, please, Don, do not take a gamble on the team. Since he got here, the team has taken a step forward every year. Yeah, if you look at the playoffs, it was his first year that we had the Cinderella story run to the postseason, run through the postseason to the Eastern Conference Finals. But the team itself has taken a step forward. Last season was the best season in franchise history. Unfortunately, once you get in the playoffs, anything can happen. And that first year, we had just enough magic to make it to the Eastern Conference Finals, which we have not been able to do again since. But I still have faith. And everyone honestly should. Don Riddell does make these types of deals. Think back to Ryan Dezingle and Cedric Paquette, or... Adam Gold brought up in that episode Hayden Flory for Yanni Hockenpah. Yeah, those those aren't mind-boggling trades, and I don't necessarily think it really changed anything on the roster either time. But I would rather get small little tweaks like that than drastic trades that could change the trajectory of the team in a negative way. And then the second criticism that we often hear about Don Waddell is that there's too much turnover on the team, that he never locks anyone down long-term. Uh, think about it. God, I mean, we lost Tony D'Angelo, Dougie, Nito Niederreiter, Vincent Trocek. Like, you could you could make an argument here, or Nedeljkovic, or Mrazek, or Ryan. You, you see where I'm going with this. And I'm actually going to let Rod handle this one. And then Trip Tracy. But you'll see why in a second. You know, there's, you don't want to have changeover when you have a good group. But we still, I looked, I think we got seven new guys. So that's out of 20, that's a lot. You know, we had, I think we had eight last year. Same kind of thing. It's just the nature of the game now. It's just how it goes. And, um, 
you know, but I think we're obviously, I think that you're referring to is the pieces that we do always seem to keep, which is our, our, our core group. And, um, you know, we love them, obviously. So excited for sure. This happening so much, and Rod just alluded to it, is that this is actually common around the league. And it's because every team is going to take what's working for another team and try to do it themselves. This league is nothing but a bunch of copycats. And in the case of the Carolina Hurricanes, they still haven't found that magical group yet. We've been good. But have we been the Tampa Bay Lightning? Have we been the Colorado Avalanche? I don't think so. There have also been times in the past where we had more turnover than this. Let's look back to 2006. I know... I try not to do this because I don't like how often we turn back to 2006. And that's coming from someone who steers towards history. But look back to 2006 when we had 10 new additions to the roster. To the lineup, excuse me. And how did that year end? I actually, Trip Tracy asked a question in the locker room of Rod Brindamore after the second day of training camp. And I think it's really important for everyone to listen to. Rod, when you won the cup, you always challenged me to ask you a question. Well, so I don't you challenge won, you to when ask me a question. When you won the cup, you had Rod It took Bates. this long to ask it. <laughs> <laughs> when you won the cup, you had roughly 10 new players. Last year, you won 9-0 and with a bunch of new faces. A lot of great chatter on the ice today. I noticed in the NHL group, if you were to extract why that cohesion has been, because that's tough, has, has been so instant that hopefully can happen with new faces this year. What would you expect? Well, I think it's just, it's kind of what we've all somewhat alluded to is we're more a veteran savvy group. And I think when you bring in those type of players, they just have that natural understanding of you know how things work and there's a, a confidence because they work hard. Right, they they come in. We're this is how we do it. It's not new. This isn't okay. You know, earth shattering. We, we got a job to do and um, go out and try to accomplish it. And I think they also know that you know they've heard it a million times. Everywhere you go, you say the same things. You you have fun in what you're doing. But work hard first. And I think that's what what we're seeing out there. To be honest with you, the one thing that's great about having an older group with a lot of guys that haven't won is there's this just this kind of you don't have to say it. There's this hunger that you can see with the, this group. And we obviously hope that th- that continues throughout the year. Rod just played perfectly into my point, and he didn't even know. Every time we tweak these teams, we're trying to make them better. Yes. And and Don Riddell's case, in no way does he want to give up future assets for that, because he still wants to win two years from now. He still wants to win three, four, five years from now. And that's going to be easier if he has every tool left in the arsenal. But in the case of turnover, that's the sign that your team's trying. I would much rather that. Uh, absolutely no offense to people who worship these players that I'm about to drag. But imagine if we still had Jake Bean or, and Peter Mrazek and Nadelkovich. We don't win the Jennings Trophy. I don't think we go back-to-back division championships. We sure as hell don't beat Boston. We barely, barely beat Boston. 
bringing in people like Brett Borns and Max Pacioretty shows that they're trying to evolve. And they did it without really giving up much, which means in the future, they will still have an opportunity to evolve. And much like Rod said, and this was a point of mine when Brett Borns came here and everyone was complaining that he was old. He's never won a cup. He's a Norris-winning defenseman who's never won a cup. And he's now on a cup contender. You're telling me he's not going to lay it all on the line to try to get that cup? You're fooling yourself. Absolutely fooling yourself if you think that. So I guess ultimately here, because I don't want to start babbling, that Don Waddell is doing fine. Everyone calm down. Yes, we have a lot of turnover, but it's helping the team evolve. Yes, he doesn't like to trade valuable assets, but it's a good thing because it keeps us relevant going into the future. But I guess that's where we're going to leave it. Thank you again for listening. As always, please share the show. You have no idea how much that would help. We have merchandise in the link below. Our link tree is the only place you can find literally everything that has to do with us. Uh, follow us on any of your preferred social media, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We're there. I have a lot of fun things planned going into this season, and I can't wait to share them all with you. we got some interviews, exciting interviews coming up before the end of preseason, so keep your eyes open for that. Uh, yeah, just follow us, guys. Make sure you rate the show. Do your thing. I'll see you guys Wednesday.